Hey, what's up, church? It is your dear brother, Damaris Johnson. Welcome to today's Salvation Solution podcast, where we share with you the um, how to escape the perils of poverty. As we've stated before, uh, poverty is the foundation. It's the foundational root system that the thief uses to to steal from you, to literally felt away your life, to felt away your finances, to put you in a position of poverty that leaves you, that leaves you defenseless, that leaves you um, defiant, that leaves you deficient, that leads you um, desperate, and that leads you dependent. Uh, those are the five um, aspects of poverty that we like to emphasize that, that, that leaves you in a position to where you become you become paralyzed in your ability to live life. Um, but we know that salvation is our ultimate solution. And in this uh, initial podcast, we want to share with you uh, a foundational message pertaining to your to your salvation, pertaining to, you know, what you need to know and what you need to have um, as the bedrock of your faith. Uh, remember, we we know that salvation <clears throat> Salvation is the end goal. And in today's show, we're going to talk about the mindset you need to have. We're going to talk about the five fountains of salvation. We're going to talk about um, the declaration of war that's been made on us as humanity, the believers. And we want to get into those things. But before we do that, I need to encourage you. I need to thank you in advance. I need to uh, let you know how we feel about um, sharing, you sharing, you liking, you commenting on this podcast. We feel like it is imperative for you. Um, uh, if this podcast has added any value to you, to your knowledge base, to your faith life, to your clarity on what it is God has called you to do and how it is God has called you to function, we feel like it's imperative for you to share, to like, um, to comment on this post so that your friends and your family, your loved ones who are who are dealing with the pairs of poverty and how they don't know they don't have a solution. They don't know what to do or where to go. Our salvation, the salvation that Jesus Christ gave his life for, the salvation that God came to establish in man's life is the ultimate solution. It is the solution. It is the number one solution. It is the grandiose solution of them all. We need to be sharing with the, the people who are dealing with the perils of poverty the importance of their salvation, the, the, the details and the intricacies of our great salvation, which is so great, which is so great according to Hebrews, which is so great. We can't imagine, we can't even fathom the greatness of this salvation to deliver us from the perils of poverty. And it is important that you understand that, that our salvation covers every aspect of your life. And so uh, we, we will encourage you to share, to like, to repost, to comment on these, on these podcasts. If they've added any value to you, uh, I, I, I beseech you by the love of our Lord, by the mercy of God, by the goodness of God to share this with your loved ones so that we can begin to minister to them this life-changing word that will bring them out of poverty and into a life of deliverance, protection, health, wealth, and wholeness, which is what our salvation is all about. It's about bringing you into, into those things so that you experience, them, experience these things in all of its fullness. So I want to thank you in advance for doing that. Um, also, um, 
we want to uh, just tease you a little bit with we're about to launch a portal that will I'm talking about that'll be that'll that'll bless your socks off you you're gonna have access to a wealth of revelation knowledge you're gonna have access to a wealth of insight on how to empower how to edify how to enrich you your soul uh, so that it can prosper uh, we're gonna we're gonna give you access to a plethora of of insight on on how to uh, make manage and multiply money and how to build wealth the way God would have you to build wealth how to use the raw resources that's down on the inside you have a raw resource just like there's raw resources in the earth that man has to mine uh, the man has to manipulate the man has to then um, mar manage and market it's the same way we have to mine the resource the raw resource that we have down on the inside and then we have to learn how to we have to learn how to discover, we have to learn how to develop, we have to learn how to deploy, we have to learn how to design, I'm sorry, <clears throat> we have to learn how to design those um, those raw resources, then we have to deploy them into the marketplace. Once we learn how to do those things, man, wealth creation becomes easy, you know. So uh, we're gonna be sharing with you a portal, give you access to a portal for a monthly membership fee, small fee, um, and on top of that, give you an opportunity to build some residual income. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be talking about that on some upcoming podcasts. But most importantly, um, share, like, and and uh, comment on these on these podcasts so that so that your friends and your family can benefit from the value that you feel like you've received. Now, if you don't get no value out of it, then don't do it. I understand that. No problem. I'll do better. I'll do better because my whole goal is to serve you and to increase the value of your life and your ability to escape the pairs of poverty. Now. Let's get into this. Um, uh, let's start here. Let's start here. Um, before we before we get into the conclusion of the matter, um, the Bible talks about having the mind of Christ, right? So we, we have to have a mind. There has to be a mind for us to to get to the conclusion of the matter. In Ecclesiastes, the twelfth chapter, the last verse, actually. Um, the writer said this, he said, verse 13, I'm sorry, not the last verse, verse 13, 14 is the last verse. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Now, let's get to the end of the matter. When it's all said and done, what does it come down to? What does this thing come down to? He says, let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. The idea of having a mind to get to the conclusion of the matter. Like, like when we took the field on offense, I played wide receiver. When we took the field on offense, listen, it was about scoring touchdowns. How we score touchdowns, running the ball, passing the ball, blocking, those things, play calling, all those things, they all find they all good, they all play a role, but the conclusion of the matter is getting that ball in the box. We call it the box, getting it in the end zone. You know, uh, as, a, as a high school, as a college, as a professional athlete, the, the one thing that mattered in high school, little league, high school, college, is get the ball in the end zone. That's the conclusion of the matter. Listen, I could catch five passes in, within a series. I can, I can catch a 20-yard pass, a 30-yard pass, a 10-yard pass, get first downs. But guess what? If we got to punt the ball, it wasn't a successful possession. 
bottom line is get to the conclusion of the matter. See, this takes a certain mentality to get to the conclusion of the matter. The conclusion of the matter, see, if we're going to really experience the depth of the salvation, we've got to have a mind to get to the conclusion of the matter. What's the conclusion of the matter? When we think about that as it pertains to athletics, when we think about that as it pertains to your business, when you think about that as it pertains, like the bottom line to business, like the bottom line is sales. Like the conclusion of the matter is the transaction. You give me money for the value that I'm going to give you for your life. That's the bottom line. Where, where there's this business, business is the transaction. That's business. Okay, let's establish that as entrepreneurs. Business, the transaction where there's an exchange between a value for money, that's business. Bottom line, all the other stuff, marketing, you know, promoting, uh, advertising, product development, product design, all that stuff is good, it's a necessity, but when it, when the bottom line of business is, is at the point of sale. Right, so that's what we got to get. All the other stuff is just, is just, you know, it's, it's um, activities of business. It's not business in itself. So we got, we got to get to the conclusion of the matter. We got to have a mind to get to the conclusion of the matter. When I train, when I work out, I'm working out for game day. That's the conclusion of the matter. To score touchdowns on game day. That's how we got to think as believers. We got to think. We got to. We want to get to the conclusion of the matter. As it pertains to why Jesus came, the conclusion of the matter. Wasn't us going to heaven. Yep. I know. I know. I know. Fight with it. Wrestle with it. Tuggle with it. Struggle with it. I know. But the bottom, it wasn't that. It was us experiencing salvation in the earth. Paul said it like this. He said, let's go to it. Look at Romans. Look at Romans, the first chapter. The 16th verse, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why was Paul not ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Don't stop there. We got so many people. You'll stop right there. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Romans, the first chapter, verse 16. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? I inserted the word why. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel of Christ leads us someplace unto salvation. That's it. It's all throughout the scriptures. Jesus Christ came and Paul, the preaching of the, of, 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 uh, of the gospel was to get men to experience salvation. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall be saved. Salvation is the ultimate end. We missed that point. It's salvation. It's salvation. That's why, that's why Jesus came. That's why the gospel should be preached. So the foundation and the end of our preaching should be should be the backdrop of our preaching should be how to experience salvation. Because listen, the devil, Jesus has declared war on the devil, right? In John 10, 10, he said, the thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's the devil's outcome or design or, or, or expected in for your life. It's for you to be impoverished. It's for you to suffer. It's for you to be obliterated if you have never existed on the earth. That's what the thought of those three words bring out. To steal means to impoverish you. To, to, to kill means to cause you to suffer a, a, a painful, long, elongated, suffering, miserable life to the point to where you want to, you, you don't even want to be remembered. Your life don't even, there's no, there's make no sense to even remember. Your life was so despicable that he wants to destroy, he wants you to be obliterated as if you never existed. 
That's a declaration of war. When Jesus came, he said, I've come that you may have life and have life more abundant. That's Jesus' declaration on, on war against the enemy. We're at war with poverty because poverty is the foundation of the devil being able to cause you to suffer and obliterate you as if you've never existed on this earth. So John 10, 10 was the declaration of war. And if you don't have a war mentality, a war, a wartime mindset, then you'll lose this battle. You'll lose it. You'll live beneath the privileges that God has for you. You won't experience the quality of life that God has for you. You'll suffer with bondage. You'll suffer with, 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 uh, with being subject to, you know, the evils of this world happening to you. You'll suffer uh, sickness and disease and poor health. You'll live in poverty, lack, and don't have the ability to, to, to live independent and to, and to serve God the way God would have you to serve him. And you'll have breakdowns throughout your body, throughout your life, throughout your relationship, because you won't have wholeness. This is what salvation is all about. Salvation, salvation is the ultimate end. Um, Peter talked to, I mean, Paul talked to Timothy about him knowing the scriptures, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation. Peter talked about us being kept by the power of God unto salvation. Everything is about salvation. Everything that we discuss, every time, every time we talk about God and Jesus and salvation and the message of the God, it should be about salvation. And I'm just talk, not talking generally. I'm, I'm being very specific about salvation and what salvation is. The Bible says it like this over in... Um, Isaiah, the 12th chapter. Isaiah, the 12th chapter, speaks of uh, the, the different dimensions and the different aspects of our salvation. It, it says that God is the God of our salvation, and because, because God is the God of our salvation, he says, Behold, God is my salvation, verse 2 in, in, in Isaiah, the 12th chapter. It says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Once again, therefore, because God is my salvation, because God has become my song, because I've seen him as a mighty deliverer. That, that, that word Jehovah there, the first time that word is revealed to us, was revealed to us in Exodus when he delivered the children of Israel from the nation of Egypt as they parted the Red Sea. And when they got on the other side and the water consumed the Egyptian army, they sang God a song. That's why he said they, they, they've sang, we've sung a song. So this, this, um, this, um, this name Jehovah was first used back in Exodus when the Lord said this. He said this now. He said, stand still, Moses, stand, tell the people to stand still so that they can see what? The salvation of the Lord. So again, it was this, what God did for Moses and, and the whole um, experience of the, at the Red Sea was to bring God's people to the point to where they experienced his salvation. And we're going somewhere with this. It's very important because your life, salvation solution, salvation is the solution to every problem you face, to, to, to you escaping the perils of poverty. Remember, we said poverty is the foundation for which the enemy is able to wreak havoc in your life. So this word Jehovah here speaks of the delivering power that God has for you. It's bringing his people to the point of salvation. It says, therefore, with joy shall we draw from the waters, waters out of the wells of salvation. So salvation has multiple wells. So there's multiple wells. That word wells, there's the word for fountain. That's why I entitled this message, The Five Fountains of Salvation. 
Now, the reason we say that is we got to understand what are the fountains of salvation. Salvation, there's a few words that embody the word salvation. Um, the word sotoria uh, in the Greek. Uh, the word, the word um, Yeshua in, in, in the Hebrew. It brings out the idea of salvation. It's not one word can't describe or can fully contain the, the totality of what that salvation is. So the Bible says the wells of salvation. There's five words that is consistent. There are five concepts that are consistent whenever you study the, each word that means salvation. And the first one is deliverance. The second one is protection. The third one is health. The fourth one is wealth. The fifth one is wholeness, right? The five wells, that's why I call this message the five fountains of salvation. There's five fountains of salvation, and they all are necessary, they all are needy, they're all, they're all very available to us today. Deliverance, protection, health, wealth, and wholeness. And what I want to do is I want to discuss each one of these different fountains and how we should be experiencing those things in our life. And I'm not going to be able to, hold, to cover comprehensively the totality of what each well means to our life. So I'm just going to give you a few things that lay a foundation. I'm just laying a foundation here. Something that you can build upon and something that we can build upon later on. But I'm laying a foundation of the five fountains of salvation and what they mean to your life, right? The first one, the first one, as we look at it, as we look at the different wells of our salvation, we look at deliverance, which is most important. Deliverance. Deliverance, it literally means to be free, to be loose from, to be set free from, not to be in bondage to anything, to be free. Um, Isaiah 61 brings this thought out uh, initially, but then Jesus Pick this up in Luke, the, in Luke's gospel, the fourth chapter, verses 18 through 19. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. First thing you notice, he's, Jesus' first focus, his primary focus was the poor. The first people he's focused on was the poor. What's the good news to the poor? You don't have to be poor anymore. Why? Because I, I'm, a, I'm a provider. But we got to understand something. The provider has a provisional system. He has a methodology by which he provides. God's methodology for provision is entrepreneurship. It's business ownership. It's, it's, wealth, it's wealth creation. He says, I'm called to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance. Deliverance. Deliverance to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year to the Lord. There's a lot in that, but I just want to focus on deliverance. Deliverance was God's focus for Israel. It's God's focus for the church. It's God's focus under this new covenant. It's deliverance. This particular passage of scripture is specifically speaking to deliverance from disease and sickness into health and wholeness and wellness and it's deliverance from poverty and lack into wealth and abundance. When you look, when you study out Isaiah 68, it's the establishment of the nation of Israel as a healthy and a wealthy nation, as a protected and a defended nation, as a nation that has wholeness. That's salvation. That's what it's about. Deliverance is God's focus. It's, it's, it's the initial thing that takes place in Romans, the eighth chapter, the second verse. It says, for the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has set me free, has made me free. Glory be to God from the law of sin and death. 
right? So there's a law, there's a life that's in Christ that makes us free. That word, that word makes us free. Actually, it, it, it means, it means there's a law, there's the law of sin and death that brings us down, like the law of gravity. But then there's another law that can supersede that of gravity. It's called the law of lift. It's what airplanes operate in all the time, what helicopters operate in all the time. It's called the law of lift. Actually, man can operate in this for a few for a few minutes, for a few seconds anyway. It's called the law of lift. Well, once you get enough speed, once you get going, if you get going fast enough, and then you exert enough force against the earth to propel yourself up in the air, then you supersede gravity. Right? Gravity is a law that's constant. Well, the law of lift is also a law that supersedes gravity, and it's constant as well. So the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, sets me free from the law of sin and death. Glory be to God. I'm free. I'm free from the law of sin and death. Three things I want to bring out is that pertains to sin. The power of sin. Sin hath no more dominion over me. In other words, I can say no to sin. When there was a point where I couldn't say no to sin, but I can say no to it. The other thing is the penalty of sin. With sin, there's a price to be paid. The, the penalty of sin is death. Well, Christ Jesus died for me, so I don't, even if I do miss it, death is no longer my penalty. Glory be to God. And thirdly, the presence of sin to influence me, to affect my soul, to dictate and determine how I act and how I respond and what I do. So we've been delivered from the power of sin, the penalty of sin, and the presence of sin. Think about that, right? The third thing over in Galatians, the first chapter, verses 3 and 4, it says, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. Get this. This is powerful. That he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God our Father. Man, what a powerful verse. My Lord, man. Oh, my goodness. It just blessed my soul to read that. It just blessed my soul to read that. Every evil you can possibly think of, every peril you can possibly think of, every negative thing that you want to avoid in life, you've been delivered from. The, the whole goal of our salvation is was to deliver you from these things. Your deliverance is within the framework of God's salvation for your life. If you want to live delivered from the present evils of this world, I don't care what it is, whatever evil you can think of. I don't even want to get the name of it because I'll leave something out. Whatever evil that you consider to be evil, you, you, it's the will of God for you not to experience it in your life. I don't care what it is. But it, you got to be inside the ark of salvation. You got to be upon the, 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 the Noah's ark of salvation if you want to experience it, right? That, that's deliverance. That he might deliver us. That he might deliver us from the present evils. Man, what a beautiful scripture. What a beautiful scripture. So that's the aspects of deliverance. Man, that's the aspect. There's just three aspects of deliverance. Now I want to move on to protection. Very important. That your salvation speaks of you being delivered from poverty, from sickness, and from disease, and from sin. Protection. It has to do with living life fearlessly. Because you know that the Lord is going to always be there to protect you and to keep you. John's Gospel, the 17th chapter, verse 12 says, while, it was, while I was with them in the world, Lord, I kept them. That word kept means to protect. And notice how he protected them. The Bible says he protected them 
by keeping them in his name. Right? So the name of our Lord has parameters. There's perimeters to the name of our Lord. Once you go outside the perimeters of that name, now you for, forsake your protection. But if you stay within the perimeters or within the parameters of that name, now you are kept by that, by that name. The name keeps you. Anything that you can't do and put the name of the Lord on, then the name won't keep you. But anything that you do and the name of the Lord is, is, is upon it, then you'll be kept by the power of God. Kept by thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. I have protected. And none of them are lost but the son of perdition that the scriptures might be fulfilled. God has kept us and God will keep us in Christ Jesus. As we walk by the faith, that we walk by the, the salvation which is great to us, we'll be kept. Philippians, the fourth chapter, the seventh verse says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. So your mind can be kept. The devil just can't take control of your mind like, some, like someone have you to think. Your mind, your thoughts, your thoughts can be protected. Your thoughts can be kept. You can fight off the evil, wicked thoughts that try to come and take your mind. You can, you can cast down imaginations of every, every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. See, that's how you keep your mind. Jesus said, I'll protect your mind from unwanted thoughts. We know the mind is the battleground. It's the, it's the organ where we house the knowledge of God pertaining to my life, pertaining to my wealth creation, pertaining to my living, to main, to pertaining to how I live healthy and wealthy. He said, I'll protect your mind. How about the peace of God? When God speaks a word to us, it's contain, it contains the peace of God. It's when I, when I enter into the peace, when I have peace with God and I receive the word of God, then I'll live in peace. 2 Thessalonians, the third chapter, the third verse says, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Man, the Lord can protect you from evil. The, the Bible says it like this. Practically, practically how does that work? Um, if we look at Psalm 91, let's look at Psalm 91. Here's how that works practically. Uh, when it comes to the mind, there's a, there's a practical way that our mind is kept. The Bible says, um, uh, uh, he shall keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Your mind had to be stayed on the word of God. Your mind got to be stayed on him. Listen, it says, um, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. Right. So that word habitation, that word habitation happens to mean dwelling place. It means dwelling place. It's because I've made the Lord my place of dwelling. I've taken a permanent root in the Word of God. I've made the Word of God my dwelling place. I live in the Word. I live by the Word. I live for the Word. I live through the Word of God. The Word of God is God's making Himself practical, plain, and touchable. It's how we are able to touch and, and, and feel and experience God is via His Word. This is the most practical application of God that you can possibly have is the Word of God. There's only one place that you can dwell in God, and that's via the Word. Because He's not physical in the sense of where you can dwell with Him. He's not physical in the sense of where He has a house that you can dwell in. No, you physically dwell with Him. You make Him your habitation by dwelling in the Word of God, by rooting and grounding yourself in the Word of God. When you make the, the Word of God your habitation, there, it's in, that, it's in the dwelling of, of, of the lifestyle of the Word. Because when you dwell in the Word of God, then it, it, it produces a particular lifestyle. It's in that lifestyle that the Word, that dwelling in the Word of God produces, that there shall no evil befall thee, 
neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, because the Lord shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, to protect thee in all thy ways. There they shall bear thee up, lest ye dash your foot against the stone. There shall no utter or they shall tread upon the lion and adder, the young lions and the dragon shall not trample under they, shall thou trample under your feet. It's when you it's when you when you practically when you practically make the Lord your dwelling place by 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 living and abiding in the word of God, you'll experience being kept. You'll experience you'll be established, you'll be experience being kept from evil. First Peter. Chapter 1, verse 5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, which is ready, eager to be revealed in the day in which we live. So when we talk about when we talk about salvation, when we talk about when we talk about the salvation that God has for us, right? We talk about that. We talk about how that operates. We talk about we talk about how that functions for us. We, we deal with those things. We deal with the, the, the practicalities of our salvation. And it's very important that we understand that, that we deal in very practical ways and very, and, and very practical aspects of our salvation. When we understand that, we see that, that our salvation can be, can be experienced and can be lived in once we have faith in the power of God. We know the power of God is contained in the gospel of Christ. Which is supposed to do what? Lead us unto salvation. Third thing, health. Well, let's talk about that. And when we think health, let's think health care system. Okay? God has given us a health care system. Just like, you, just like there's a health care system, natural health care system, there is a kingdom health care system. Just like there's a worldly health care system, there is a kingdom of God health care system. And when you think that, we got to understand that there's, there's healing and then there's health. And I just want to mention a few things here so that we can get this established, that the salvation solutions are found within our salvation and it pertains to your health. Proverbs 16, verse 24 says, pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. There you see it, your words, faith, that word pleasant there means faith-filled words that are rooted and grounded in love, that are, that, are, that are inspired by the love relationship that you have with God Almighty, which will cause your words to be filled with faith because you know God loves you, because you know you're His beloved, because you know that He'll deliver you, because you know that He'll protect you. Therefore, there's no fear. Fear cannot come nigh thee. Now you can release pleasant words that are as sweet as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. The healthcare system that God has for you starts with your words, begins with what you believe, begins with what you speak, depends on how you speak. Okay, naturally speaking, honey is one of the most healthiest things you can eat. Right now, they say they say one of the most healthiest, the healthiest uh, people on the planet are bee, beekeepers who keep the beehives, who eat the honey raw, and they eat lots of it, right? So your words are important when it pertains to your health. God's healthcare system begins with what you say, begins with what you believe. You shall have the things you say. When you when you speak health, when you speak health healing, then you'll have health. You'll have healing. Jeremiah verse thirty. I'm sorry, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17 says, For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee the outcast, saying, The Zion whom no man seeketh after. Jeremiah is talking about when God restores the nation of Israel. 
is what, what he would restore. He would restore health. So health is something God wants restored in your life. But there's something pertaining to health that we got to understand. That God has already healed you. But it's up to us to maintain proper health. Health is the responsibility of the believer. God will heal us and God is merciful toward us. But God has also given us Levitical laws of nutritional laws, dietary laws, things with that, that, that we should put in the body to cause the body to function to the perfection to which God created it to function. Those are the natural bio biological laws for life. You put good things in your body, you put the foods in your body you're designed, your, your, desi your body's designed to operate under, then your body will function the way it's supposed to. When you put things in your body when you, that it's not, then you'll have problems. Health is a whole nother degree, it's a whole nother mindset than healing. Acts chapter 27 verse 34 says, Wherefore I pray you, take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not in and hair fall from your head of any of you. Food was designed to be a medicine for the body. Food was designed to be a medication for the body. The medication that you should be on starts with your food. If you're on any medication, it's your food. Food was designed. So, so our salvation has its own health care system. You got to be willing to abide by it. I mean, it's simple. It ain't rocket science. If you want to abide by our healthcare system, if you want to trust in God's healthcare system, then that's the healthcare system you trust in. If you want to trust in man's healthcare system, the world's healthcare system, then that's the system you trust in. It's just that simple. And you get to choose whatever one you want to live under. Ain't no condemnation. Ain't no guilt. Ain't no, ain't no judgment. You decide what, what health, that what, each healthcare system has its benefits, right? You know, one, one healthcare system has its benefits and has its side effects and it has its, you know, um, has, its, has its issues. Well, God's healthcare system, you know, it has its benefits and its benefits only. There's no downside to God's healthcare system. There's some sacrifice. Now, you might have to sacrifice some things. You might have to be ostracized and you might have to be, you know, looked at funny to trust in God's healthcare system and to function under God's healthcare system. But that's it. There's no downside to it. There's only upside. There's no side effects to it, you know, other than positive. So health. Again, we got deliverance, we have protection, we have health. Let's move on now to wholeness, to wealth. I'm sorry. Um, when we think wealth, think wealth creation, specifically building wealth God's way. There's a specific way. One of the most important aspects that we need to understand about our gospel, about the salvation of God, is that God is focused on wealth creation. God hates poverty. He hates you being in lack. I told you before, the reason he hates that is because it leaves you defenseless, first and foremost. The Bible says money is a defense, just like wisdom is a defense. It leaves you defenseless. Money has its place within, our, within the framework of our society. God understood that. One of my focuses, one of my primary focuses is wealth creation. It's entrepreneurship, wealth creation through entrepreneurship through business ownership, not through getting a job, not through being an employee all your life, not through trusting and focus 401k plans for you. No, you need to know how to make money, manage money, and multiply money. And I specialize in that, how to help you to discover the raw resources that God gave. I don't care what your situation is. There's a raw resource inside of you. God has given you a raw resource, and you got to learn how to mine that resource. You got to know how to discover that resource. You got to know how to develop that resource. You got to know how to, how to, um, how to uh, uh, deploy, um, I'm sorry, how to um, design that resource. Then you got to know how to deploy that resource. That's up to you. But I can show you how to do it. 
Both creation is God's plan. That's God's way. Our provider has a provisional system. Oh, we scream and we shout about Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. Yeah, 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 yeah. Run around the church, bang our heads on the floor, do whatever we need to do. But guess what? The provider has a provisional system. And it's it the tithe is the ground, is the root system for that. That's not the end, it's the, just the beginning. Entrepreneurship is the practical way that we generate the wealth that God wants us to have, okay? Psalm 66, verse 12, when the Lord began to reveal this thing to me, he says, Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire, we went through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Say that with me, God has a wealthy place for me. God has a wealthy place. That word wealthy there means wealth, exactly what it says. It means abundance, it means a whole lot of money. I like to add this to that thought, in spirit and soul and in body. God has a wealthy place for us. God wants to take you somewhere. Love will never leave you where it finds you. If love finds you in poverty, then you're going to end up wealthy. Love will never leave you in poverty. Love, if, if, love, if love finds you lacking and broke, then he won't leave you. He wants to take you out of that place of poverty into a place of wealth. Love will never leave you where it finds you, spiritually, soulishly, and practically speaking, financially. Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he which giveth thee power to get wealth. Man, for this purpose, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto the fathers, as it is this day. The Lord spoke this to my heart. There's certain degrees of my covenant you can't experience in poverty. There's certain aspects of my covenant. You have, to, you have to have wealth. See, part of God's promise to Abraham was that he would bring his children into a place of wealth. We've been engrafted into that promise as the church of the living God. Part of that promise is for God to bring us into wealth. And this particular podcast is not designed to talk about that, but it's so much. Oh, my gosh. There's so much that I need to share with you that's going to, that will prove to you, that will strengthen your faith, that will cause you to see clearly. Even, the, even God himself, who he describes himself as, points to the fact that he wants you wealthy. Man. See, this is the type of information that I'll be sharing with you in our, in our portal that you can become a member of, that you can be receiving this insight and these, I'm talking about weekly, monthly, daily. We're going to have a private Facebook group for those who become members that we're going to be sharing with you. We're going to be helping you to, to discover. We're going to be helping you to um, develop. We're going to be helping you to design. We're going to be helping you to deploy your raw resource into the marketplace so that you can begin to create an economy for yourself as a fiscal agent of the kingdom of God. Man, I just give you a whole lot right there. All that stuff needs to be broken down. We're, we're going we're gonna to get into that um, in, in these podcasts and in other and another um, and in a portal, right? John 3, 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, above all things, above all things. I mean, to me, that, that's, that's, that, that says it all. Above all things, thou mayest prosper and be in health as thy soul prosper. Soul prosperity is dependent upon your spiritual prosperity, your spiritual wealth. Do you know what your spiritual wealth is? Do you know where to find where the Bible talks about you being spiritually wealthy? Most of us don't know that. I'm, I'm guaranteed you're going to find out a lot of things that you don't know as you listen to these podcasts. You're going to find out a lot of things. You're going to have a whole different perspective on what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about. You have a whole different perspective on what the writings of Paul and the apostles and the, and the epistles are all about because it's not about a lot of religion. This is about, listen, health maintenance, wealth creation, and being a blessing. Right. That's what it's about. Possessing wealth, maintaining health, and being a blessing. That's what God has called us to. Above all things. I mean, that left nothing un 
nothing left to, to be esteemed above health and wealth. I mean, think about what is life without health and wealth? What, what is, practically speaking, what is life? It's death. Without health and wealth, you know what life is? Death. Hell on earth. That's what it is. Hell on earth. God ain't called us to that. Our salvation ain't designed to produce that. It's a great salvation that if you neglect it, how shall you escape the perils of poverty if we neglect so great a salvation? You won't. Bible says the poverty come on you like a thief in the night. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Focus on the soul, the prosperity of your soul. Now you can, be, you can talk about building wealth and maintaining health and being a blessing. John 10, 10, a thief coming out but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I'm coming that they may have life and have life more abundantly. We discussed this. We talked about what this scripture, this is Jesus' declaration of war on poverty. This is Jesus' declaration of war on poverty. I come to put, I come to declare war on poverty. <sighs> Glory be to God. So when we think about wealth, we think, I want you to think wealth creation. Put yourself in a mindset to declare, to, to think wealth creation. Um, Psalm 66, verse 12, Deuteronomy 8, 18, 3 John 2, John 10, 10. Now let's move on to holiness, then we'll be done. Holiness, it means, holiness is, you got to understand, holiness is the, it's the concept of having all facets of an operational system operating. All facets of an operational system operating. Take the human body, for example. There's 13 systems that govern the human body. Wholeness is when all 13 systems are functioning the way that they were designed to function. That is why, that is why when you read the scriptures, look, as a matter of fact, look at Exodus verse, uh, uh, chapter 15, verse 26, it says, And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that, which is right in the sight of the Lord, would thou give ear to the commandments and keep his statutes? I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon Egypt, the Egyptians, for I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. That word healeth there is the word for wholeness, that brings you into wholeness. In other words, I'll make, I'll, I'll cause every operational system of your human body to function to the perfection of why I created it to function. Now you're in wholeness. When there's a breakdown in one of those systems, that's what causes sickness and disease. Psalm 103 verse 3 says, For who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. That word healeth there, it means to mean, brings, bring you into wholeness. As we see there, God wants us to be whole. Matthew 9 verse 12 says, But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, thy, they, that, they that be whole need not a physician. Think about that. They that are whole, you don't need it. But when all your systems are functioning to the perfection to which God created them to function, you don't need to go to the doctor. That's why we got to go into wholeness. Wholeness is tied to how we eat, how we exercise, how we recover. The way we maintain our health, there's three pillars of health and wholeness. Exercise, nutrition, and rest. And lastly, John 5, 6 says, When Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had, he knew that he had been there a long time. We saw him lying on the ground. He said, in this case, he said unto the man, Will thou be made whole? That's the that's a different question than would thou be healed? Will thou be made whole? Jesus is asking us the question, will we be made whole? Our response to that is, is, is emphatically, yes, Lord. We want to be made whole. I want, I want physically, and I, and I use the example of the human body because that's most related to everybody, but then you can use the same thing for your relationships, same thing for your business, same thing for your finances, same thing for your wealth creation plan. 
do you want to be made whole? See, if you, the, the wholeness for, your, for, for building what God's way is making money, managing money, multiplying money. If you're not making, managing, and multiplying money, then your system is not whole. It's a breakdown somewhere, then you're going to have lack. You're going to have lack. Man, I'm telling y'all, this thing is good. Our salvation is great. It is the best. It is the best. We, our message is superior than any, to any other message. Our salvation is superior to any other solution man can possibly think of. It's our salvation. That's why we got to know it. That's why we got to understand it. We got to talk about it. We got to share it. We got to bring our family and our friends involved in it. We have, we have no reason to be ashamed of the gospel because, because it, is, it, is, it is the power of God unto salvation. Now, now, we're not sharing the gospel within the confines of being delivered, protected, healthy, wealthy, and whole. Then people don't want to hear it. They go to, they go to, the, they go to the, the motivational speakers and the self-help gurus of the world. That's why they don't come to the church. Because practically speaking, if you take away health and wealth, you get hell on earth. See, we're not, we're not emphasizing that, but that's what Jesus emphasized. It's all through the scripture. I'm talking about from Genesis to Revelation. I can, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk you through it. You got to stay connected to me, though. You got to stay connected to me. Listen, I got to let you go. Please, let me remind you to share, to like, um, to comment on this podcast. I'll let your people hear it because I know it added some value to you. We got so much to share with you as we begin this podcast and launching this ministry. Uh, we want you to be a part of it. We want your life to be blessed. So remember, share, like, um, comment, ask questions so that, so that you can experience the life of health and wealth and wholeness and deliverance and protection that God has designed for you to experience through our great and mighty salvation. Hey, church, I got to go. Thank you for taking the time to hear this, uh, this message, hear this gospel. I went a little longer than I would normally go because I want this to be the foundational podcast for you to understand that your salvation has five fountains connected to it. And it's up to you to draw from the fountains and to drink from those fountains and to live from those fountains so that you can be empowered to go forth and defeat the devil and the defeat and to destroy the thief and overcome the perils of poverty. God bless you. Listen, you are a blessed man. You are a blessed woman. You are a king in the earth. You are designed to have dominion, to live life abundantly, and let's go do it. God bless you, church. I love you, and I will see you next time from Salvation Solutions.